talking about chicken a la king. Mango and garbanzo tabbouleh. potatoes and vegetables with roasted garlic and basil. Zucchini ziti. Granola fruit bar. Look at all this beautiful food. Welcome to Green Eggs and Dan, the show where I interview amazing humans with amazing minds, but all I care about is what is in their fridge. My guest today is Helen Hong. She's an amazing stand-up comedian, actress, director, and producer. Hey! She's appeared in Jane the Virgin, Parks and Rex, Foxes Outmatched. Yes! And she is the host of the podcast Go Fact Yourself on the Maximum Fun Network. She's an amazing contributor on NPR's Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. She and I also have a dirty little secret in common. <gasps> In that we've both played racist characters yes. on kids TV. <laughs> Me as Falafel Phil on Disney Kids, Disney's kicking it, and her as Mrs. Wong <laughs> on Nickelodeon's The Thundermans. Welcome, Helen. Hong. Thank you so much. I love that racist characters on kids TV alive and well in 2020. I think that was literally <laughs> when you and I started like it, super connecting. It, We're it like, really oh my was. God, you feel my pain. I exactly felt your pain. And then like for like the first few times that I tried to remember your name's character, your character's name, I was like, was it Pakistani Pete? Was it like, and then I was like, no, it was Falafel Phil. Pakistani Pete is our spinoff show. It's going to be on Disney Plus. I'm like, what was his character's name? It was something really horrible. Do you like falafels? Is that a thing? I love falafels. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, When I lived in New York... Uh, the go-to place for falafels was Mamoon's. Yeah. That's, I, I had it sober once though and it was like not good. Really? <laughs> I would have it, I would go to Mamoon's almost every night if I had sets on McDougal Street, like where yes. the comedy cellar is. You know, there's like four comedy clubs on that one yes. street. And so I would come off, you know, stand up at like 12 or one in the morning and I would go directly to Mamoon's. Mamoon's is great. It's basically, I think it's like the first Middle Eastern restaurant in New York. It was like in really? the 50s or 60s. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. This guy opened it and they have a uh, fantastic, very salty. I realized when I was sober, I was like, oh, that's why we love it when we're drunk. Very but it's salty. Like, shawarma is fantastic. Falafel is yep. great. Yeah. The um, chicken shawarma ain't bad. Ain't bad. Uh, the sleeper hits that no one talks about at Mamoon's, the lentil soup. And what? The... <laughs> Who the hell gets lentil soup at Mamoon's? <laughs> this guy. <laughs> I don't think I even knew they, that they offered that on the menu. They have a great lentil soup. It's a... hard to eat when you're drunk <laughs> or after shows. <laughs> they have you're a not fan... like, oh, I could go yeah. for some lentil right. soup. Right. Can I get some creme fraiche on my lentil soup? <laughs> Um, and they have an amazing baklava also. Oh, I have had the baklava and you are right. It's very, very good. They're, they're like, they go hard on like, if it's salty, it's hella salty. If it's sweet, it's real sweet. And if it's spicy, have you ever had their hot sauce? I can't. It's the spiciest thing I've ever. People will go and like just buy the hot sauce. (sighs) It's so crazy. It's it's like level 10 spiciness (laughs) and people freaking love it which i think is very bizarre because i am not a spice person even though i'm korean yeah my mom used to make fun of me when i was little because she'd be like you're not real korean you don't like you don't like gochujang (laughs) (laughs) yeah like i have such a baby palate and she'd be like are you really korean i'd be like (laughs) you know it's funny you say that because i was actually going to pin you on that after looking at your fridge oh you can see a picture of helen's fridge on uh, my instagram i by the way the this is the most see. vulnerable thing that i've done <laughs> in a really long time yeah like, when you were like don't stage it just take the picture exactly as it is and i was like oh ah, and ah. i could see that you're very good at following directions because you did not stage this at <laughs> all exhibit a Legit. is exhibit a is your baked beans on the on the top shelf vegetarian. here, vegetarian, vegetarian baked beans that are upside down. Upside down. I don't know if you if you opened it from the wrong side. No, I what? do that on purpose. Okay. Because I learned this hack like from when I lived in New York and like bodegas, and and being a kid in New York, um, you know, rats jump around on the cans. Uh, like oh, vermin, interesting. Will jump around in the middle of the night. When the stores close, they'll yeah. jump around on the cans. They're like tap dance. I've seen ratatouille. Tap dance. Exactly. <laughs> so the rats are ratatouilleing <laughs> yeah. on your freaking food cans in the middle of the night. And so the cleanest part of the can is actually the bottom. Wow. The vermin-free part of the can is the bottom. That and might... I'm, a, I'm a mild OCD germaphobe that I get from my dad. Yeah. So I never open a can from the top. That might be the best life hack we've ever gotten at Green Eggs and Dan. <laughs> 
I've never heard that Open the cans before. upside down so that you know for sure that the rats have not danced on it. Meanwhile, I thought you were like a backwards hobo. <laughs> <laughs> With your upside down bike This bitch beans. can't even read the can. <laughs> no, I'm just OCD. Um, okay, you're, let's go to your bottom bottom shelf oh. here. Uh, we got some white claws in the back. <laughs> a case of white claws. <laughs> a case of the claw. Is that your drink? I got a case of the claw. <laughs> you got a case of the claw. Is that your drink? Your, your, I your came on to drink? it very late because I didn't drink all last year. Oh, really? Yeah, like almost all of last year. Um, like so last in 2019, January 1st, exactly one year ago, uh-huh. I made a commitment to the universe that I was going to quit drinking for the year. For the year? Well, I said, I'm going to quit drinking during pilot season. Okay. Because I really want to take my career to the next level uh-huh. and I want to really focus and I don't want to be distracted and I don't want to like seep my energy out by doing these stupid vicey things. And so I quit drinking. I quit CBD. I quit weed. I quit Tinder. <laughs> I, quit, I quit the D. <laughs> I quit the V. The v. I quit all genitals. Wow. And I booked a pilot. It worked. It worked. It worked. It worked. <laughs> so like I missed the whole like hot girl summer. Right. Like I missed white cloth season, which was hot girl summer season. I missed all that because I just wasn't drinking. And then like at the very end of the year when I started drinking again, I was like, what's white claw? And people were like, bitch, what you what rock you been under? <laughs> And so now I'm obsessed. Are you? I am. Because I love fizzy water. Oh, yeah. And it's, so it's like... It's, it's like, like a fun LaCroix. It's like flavored LaCroix. And I'm like, I'm down. And then we've got a bunch of milks. You've got the oat milk. What is this, the boring side thing? It's the it's this oat milk brand that I buy called Oatly. Okay. Oatly, I think it's called. Okay. I think it's called Oatly. Um, and they just have a... The stats are on the boring side. Oh, I see. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have two oat milks. That's going ham on oats. Well, one is there because it's bad. And I just haven't taken it out of the fridge yet. <laughs> One's old. Oh my from god! From before the holidays. I should have been clear when I said don't. <laughs> you don't have to stage your fridge. You can still you throw out <laughs> rotten food. It's like probably <laughs> fermented oat milk in there that I just haven't thrown out yet. Oh, thanks M-G. for bringing up my slovenliness, Dan. <laughs> thanks for making me face my. Oh man, we have a lot of takeout. A lot of fun takeout. It looks like no. So this, these two containers in the front our homemade chicken soup get out that i made like a like a month back and i froze Uh the homemade chicken soup and i'm fostering this dog who's turns out hella bougie dog (laughs) i fell for it sarah mclaughlin you got me she got you you got me wow helen you're a good person i am i'm a good person don't tell anybody I mean, I am. I'm. I'm dead inside. Slash, <laughs> when I'm not dead inside, I'm a good person. So I'm fostering this dog, and this dog is a bougie bitch. And I discovered that he'll only be like, I only eat homemade chicken soup. So like, bring it. It's like these ungrateful. It's like when you give a homeless person a sandwich, and they're like, "What's in this?" You're like, "Sandwiches in it." <laughs> That's what's in it. It's so true. It makes me bonkers. Like, have you ever done the Laugh Factory homeless yes, feeding yes. thing? Aren't they the pickiest people? Oh, my God. They are the pickiest people. Every year at the Laugh Factory for Thanksgiving and for Christmas, Jamie Masada, to his credit, spends his own money, closes the club. He doesn't spend money. Come on. <laughs> yeah. It's all donated. Yeah. Guess that's for sure. There, there's an angle. Something's going on. Um, he he feeds, uh, but to his credit, thousands of he homeless opens people. the club every Thanksgiving and Christmas to anyone who wants a hot meal. Yeah, and we usually go to feed the comics feed the comics feed and then to perform and for then perform crazy homeless people. The hardest show of the year, <laughs> literally, it's like schizophrenics and kids. Good luck. <laughs> At wait, hold on. <laughs> but it's true because they, they so get in line. Picky. They get in line. <laughs> they're like so they're lined up around the block from sometimes they're waiting like two, three hours to get in to get this free hot meal. And then they get to you and then shit, I don't do dark meat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is this potato salad non-GMO? What are you talking about? Is this gluten-free mashed potato or what? And you're like, oh my God, you're homeless. Would you just eat it? No. They're hella There's picky. a candy wrapper in your hair, sir. <laughs> <You know? laughs> 
<laughs> you're you're only wearing one shoe. Why do you care if it's gluten free? No, they do. They're so picky. They're very picky. They're, it's very I so. find it hilarious. And then I brought my sister this past Thanksgiving because she was in town. So my sister did it for the first time, and I was like prepping her. I was like, "Yo, you gotta be prepared. Some of them are gonna be like hating on the cranberry sauce, the amount of cranberry sauce they're getting." My sister was like, "It's hilarious how picky they are." That's so funny. It's yeah. true. And then uh, the show that you do after that is like the hardest thing ever because you get on stage, and then like they and then they're like picky comedy fans. They're like, "Next!" I'm like, "Motherfucker, you have shelter." <laughs> Stop trying to you're rush warm this. for an hour. Stop trying to rush this. <laughs> and you're performing in your plastic apron. Yeah. Because you have to wear, like, for food safety standards, you have to wear a plastic apron and plastic gloves. And you're, like, you're like sloughing, like, mashed potatoes and gravy. And then they're, like, calling your name onto the stage. And you're like, ah, yeah. pulling the plastic glove off. <laughs> I remember the first time I did it, it was when Falafel Phil was in peak Falafel Phil. Oh. And I got up and I was like, hey, kids, it's me, Falafel Phil from Disney. And they're all looking at me. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you guys don't have TV. Sorry. <laughs> Yikes. Oh, um, ouch. Anyway, you got a bougie dog. Uh, bougie I dog eats only chicken soup. And so I pulled out my homemade chicken soup from my freezer wow. to defrost it, to feed it to my bougie foster dog. Wow. Do so that's have, what all those plastic Do you have a, are. a special chicken uh, soup recipe that you go? No, I don't know how to cook at all. Really? No. So I went to the farmer's market. I go to a bougie farmer's market in yeah. Studio City every Sunday. Um, they're open till two. That's the only reason why I go because yeah. all these other farmers market close at like noon or one, and I'm like, yo, I ain't awake. <laughs> so I roll out of bed at one and I rush down there. Anyway, they have this fancy, hella bougie meat purveyor. Oh yeah, and everything's free range yeah. and pasture raised and the yeah. whole nine. So I buy half a chicken for like. for like this two pound half a chicken. Anyway, so I bought this chicken and I had it in the freezer for the longest time. And then I was like, God damn, why did I even buy this chicken? Like, I don't cook. Like, what am I going to do? And I'm like just cooking for myself when I do. So like, what am I going to do with this? So I was like, I'll make a soup. I just threw it in a pot with a bunch of water. Yeah. And I just turned the heat on. That's basically how you're supposed to do it. And wait, did you put anything else in there? Any aromatics? Carrot, carrots, carrots. I know carrots are an ar- aromatic. They are an aromatic. <laughs> what is an aromatic? An aromatic is basically something that just it's a it's a it's a background. It's a background actor. <laughs> you know, you know, like you don't pay any attention to them. But if they weren't it's there, it's like all the stormtroopers on yeah. Mandalorian. On the Mandalorian. Yeah, absolutely. If they weren't there, you'd notice. Right. But when they're there, you're never like, oh, that's a great background actor. Right. You know? Right. Um, I see. I'm going to yeah. think of carrots and stormtroopers now. It's usually carrots, celery, onion is the holy trinity. Oh. Yeah. See, you do cook. I cook a lot. Oh, I don't cook. Um, hello, we're on a food podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought we were going to talk about eating. We are. But I only, I don't cook. So anyway, I threw carrots and a half chicken into a giant pot with a lot of water. And yeah. I let it boil for like three hours. And okay. I got to tell you that Came it was tasty. You know, can I tell you, if you really want to make a simple one next time, uh, the way that Persians do it <gasps> um, is you just chop up onions, throw that in there, take a heaping teaspoon or tablespoon of turmeric, Turmeric. Throw that in there. Ooh. Throw your chicken, water, same way you did. And then So now just, it's like orangey? Yeah, it gets like an orange, yellowy, saffrony Ooh. color. And it's got a nice little uh, you know, is this ethnic? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm patting myself on the back because this is ethnic. Is this ethnic? We did it. <laughs> we'll be back in a moment. Back to Helen Hong. By the way, you have something in your fridge. I believe this is what it is. That is one of my food pet peeves. I don't have a lot of them. I can usually eat everything. Oh, is that pickled herring? Sure is. I can't get down with it. And this is not on you. This is on me. I wish I could get down with it. But there's something about the sweetness herring. about it that I, I it never really sits well with me. Tell me. Tell me about Because uh, that's like one of the few things in your so fridge. So I'm going to admit to you that that is the first time I've ever had pickled herring. Okay. And I'm like, uh, I'm a 50-50 on it. Like, yeah. will I finish that container? Mm, questionable. But I, I, I love 
um, anchovies yes. in oil. You know, like I love anchovies. Those like fancy anchovies that yeah. you get like and fancy they're anchovies. like fancy fan anchovies. <laughs> I live for those. Yes. And so I was at this very fancy uh, Venice sandwich place called Gajusta. Yeah, you know I don't. I think I think the G is silent. It's just Gajusta. Uh, yeah, Damn. I know it. Dan Not only do I know it, me I know. No, you you're actually very bougie. You go to a lot of fun bougie I do. things. I do. So you're a Gusta, which is a bakery in in uh, Venice. They they actually got uh, voted by Esquire recently one of the top forty restaurants of the decade. Well, I can tell by the how long the freaking wait is. <laughs> To, gotta, to get a goddamn Sammy. <laughs> I'm a, like, I'm just here for a goddamn Sammy. Like, can we yeah. pick up the pace? And like, it's all these like hot Venice people who look hot. homeless but hot at the same time. It's like, like ever, all their clothes have holes in them, but they also have that hat. Yeah. That is the Venice hat. Yeah. You know what I mean? The felt And hat. it's also like a James Pierce shirt that has holes in it. <laughs> like James meant for those holes to be there. Uh, but yeah, Justa. So I'm very at good Justa baker. and I'm getting uh, a lox, a, a smoked lox Sammy, which is delightful there. Yeah. And I'm looking in the case and they have the the gorgeous anchovies that I love. But then they also had this pickled herring, which I was like, you know what? If I love anchovies, you know, herring's like kind of the same It's another family. fish? <laughs> <laughs> it's a little fish in vinegary. I love vinegar too. Yeah. I love, I could, if it wasn't acidic, I would drink it. Well, people I do love the apple cider vinegar. No, shot. it hurts my stomach uh, so much. Yeah, yeah. I've tried it. I get it. And I love the flavor, but it, then like five minutes later, I'm like, oh. Yeah. Um, but I love vinegar flavor in anything. I love anything with vinegar, like mustard, A1 sauce. Yeah. If, if, it, I, if you can tell that it's got vinegar in it, I am like down for it. Do you know why you like A1 sauce? You know what else it has in it? Anchovies. Well, no way. Yeah, that's one of the uh, the secret ingredients really? in A1. But you can't taste that. No. Well, you nor most of the time when you have anchovies, you can't taste it. It's usually the base for a sauce or something mm. that you're like, wow, this is the best sauce ever. This can't just be a tomato sauce. Mm. Well, there's some motherfucking anchovies <laughs> in there. <laughs> Which is ironic because anchovies are such a strong flavor when you just eat them. Yes. it is, And I love it. Yeah, I, like, I love actually, it. Actually, you want a little treat? Yeah. A good bread, a big uh, smidgen of butter, and some anchovies on top <sighs> will fuck you up. I'm fucked up just thinking about it's it. So good. I'm fucked up. Like I'm like I'm a little. I have a lady boner. <laughs> um, yeah. So I love an anchovy, but but gusta. Gusta. It's spelled gusta. It's spelled G J U S T. And if you say gusta, they're like, it's gusta. It's like, <laughs> hey, fuck you. You created this word. <laughs> you can't create a word and then put a silent letter in it, assholes. Because <laughs> you. Because it's not. It's not like gnome. Where the G is silent and you, but you know, gnome, yeah, yeah. the G is silent. No, it's good juice. <laughs> There's never in the history of life been a silent G in front of a J. No, exactly. Fuck you. Which is why I call it good juice, because fuck themselves. But their food is so good. Their food is so good. So anyway, they have this beautiful case. They have beautiful meats, which I don't eat. And they have beautiful a beautiful fish case. And they had pickled herring, um, which I had never seen in, because it's usually white, right? Yeah, it's usually in a, they put in a cream, Ugh, a little cream see, sauce nah. thing. I can't do the cream fish. Yeah. Nasty. Yeah. But they had a clear vinegary based pickled herring. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to try that. And I tried it and I give it a B minus. Yeah. I think that's what I give it to. Yeah. Maybe a C plus. Yeah. But people love it. People swear by it. And when I, I went to I went to Copenhagen and I was like, there was a bougie restaurant that had it. I was like, if anyone's going to make it the right way, uh -huh. this is it. And still, still yucky. It went from a. It was like a C plus <laughs> plus. Yeah, it's it's not the flavor of the sauce. It's the it's the texture of the fish. Yeah, because they because they leave the skin on it. Yeah, and yeah. The skin I don't gets know. a little jelly like. It's tough for me. Did you ever have the croissants at Justa? No. Very good croissant. I would say top three in the city. Number what? one being Chaumont in Beverly Hills. Number two being La Chouquette on Melrose. Ah! And number three is probably Justa. Okay, can I tell you my croissant story? Yes, how much please. I, how much I love croissants. I was leading you into that a little bit. Thank you very much. I've never had the croissant at Justa. You know, the I only thought, reason, oh, wait, this might be a good way to get her into her croissants. You know, the only reason why I haven't had the croissant at Justa is because I'm there at like 4 or 5 p.m. It's too late. And they're out. Also, who wants a croissant after 12? Me. Really? I do. I'm a morning croissant guy. No. Really? I am. If And I'm not a morning person, so they're always out wherever I go. Oh. All the fancy places are out. Are you a big croissant fan? Huge! Oh my God. We're going to Chaumont. It'll... I, okay, Helen Hong. 
tweaking out. I went We're to, both like, ah. Like, if I had a tail right now, it'd be like banging the table. <laughs> I was in Paris, heard of it, and I was going on a croissant run. Best croissants in Paris. You, I went to all the best bakeries in you Paris. You are like, we're, we're, our friendship has just gone to another level. Well, let me tell you something, Helen. Guess who had the best croissant in Paris? A restaurant in Beverly Hills. No. Chaumont has a better croissant than the best croissant in Paris. In my I M H O. Can I tell you what's a better croissant than any croissant in Paris? What? A croissant in Montreal. Tell me. That I had that almost made me miss my freaking flight home. <laughs> That's how good this croissant was. Tell me. So I'm I am a croissant lover. <laughs> I am in Montreal playing the Comedy Nest in Montreal for the first time ever. My first time in Montreal. Shout out to the Dirty Nest. <laughs> it is. It's a great club and dirty. It is great. Um, on my first time in Montreal, this is before I had been to JFL, like before any of that. And I'm like, ooh, I'm in Montreal. I've never been. And it's like a world-class city. So I'm touristing. And I go to this. And it's June. It's gorgeous. The birds are singing. The greenery is out. And I go to the Plateau. Yeah. Which is like a great, like, bougie neighborhood. It's a very fun, hip area. Fun, hip area. Le Plateau. Yeah. And I'm walking, minding my own business. This is before I knew that I had a croissant obsession. I passed this Très Charmant bakery, a boulangerie, Très Charmant, on the street randomly in Le Plateau. And it's called Le Boulangerie des Copains d'Abord. What do any of those words mean? I don't know. I got no idea. <laughs> Des copains d'abord. And it's charming and rustic and they have baguettes hanging in the window and I'm like, I am down. I walk in, the smell of butter immediately. I'm like, ha oh. ha. They have these beautiful little croissants. There's nothing like the smell of a bakery. There's <sighs> nothing like it. So I get like a tuna fish sandwich and on a on an amazing baguette. And then I'm like, these croissants look pretty good. I'll have a croissant. They put the second the croissant hits the paper bag, the paper bag starts leaching butter. Oh. Leech like the bag is soaked. I'm like, did you use a stick of butter for this little croissant? Yes, they did. Because the bag is soaked in butter. Meanwhile, cut to the airport at the same time. Uh passenger Helen <laughs> Hong. Helen this is my Hung. last day in Montreal and my flight's in three hours. And I'm like, I'm going to go, I'm going to run down to the plateau, check it out. I'm going to run home and I'm pick up my bag. I'm going to go to the airport. I start walk. I am eating this croissant on the street, hustling my way back to my hotel. I'm like, holy shit. The heavens opened. The angel started singing. Hallelujah. I'm like, this croissant is the motherfucking shit. Wow. I decide I have to have another one. <laughs> it's three hours to my flight, and I'm like 20 minutes from my hotel. I must have another croissant. You're doing that croissant, man. From Lake How much time do I have? Dude, I run. <laughs> Literally run back to Les Copains d'Abord. I run it. There's a fucking line. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm like, come on, Vite, Vite, let's go, let's go. <laughs> I get another, I get two more croissants in the fucking buttery seeping bag. I'm now running to my hotel. I get to my, fl I get to my flight like as they're boarding. Oh, God. Beca but man, was it worth it? Wait, did you finish the two croissants en route? You know that I did. I had them like in the fucking bus shuttle, the airport shuttle. I'm shoveling croissant into my face. Just flakes everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like covered in butter. Oh, but it was worth it. And uh, every time I go to croissant. So now every time they have me, that was the first time I've been to Montreal. They had me in June. The next time they had me was in February in Montreal. Oh my God. I trekked down in a blizzard Two lay copains d'abord, and I get that goddamn croissant. Oh my god! In like negative five degree weather, and I will go every time I'm in Montreal. I'm looking this. And up. then I made the mistake because since then they've opened up other like satellite because they're so popular. Oh no! So I've tried the satellite ones. Bullshit. Oh no! You gotta go to the original OG authentic lay copains d'abord in Le Plateau. I let me, tell me what you like more: the taste of the croissant or saying "le copain d'abord." 
Because it seems like you really love mm. saying it. I do love saying it. I don't blame you. But it's... if I had to never say it again and just eat the croissant, can I show you a picture of it? I'm trying to find one. Yeah. First of all, I've only missed a flight once in my entire life of all my years of flying. And I'm a. Oh, wow. And I'm a stand up. So, you know, I fly a shit ton. Dude, I've never missed a flight and I would have missed a flight for this fucking croissant. Um, can I tell you something that you're going to think I'm lying? Please. I have missed a flight for a croissant. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Are you serious? I swear to Are God. Are we the same person? I swear on my Between life. the anchovies and. Um, I. Oh, wow. I, well, I'm looking at the Are croissant Are you looking right at now. it? Yeah. Dude. Holy. I mean, see, because the because here's the thing: people don't realize how hard it is to do a croissant, and the way to do a croissant is, wait, how do I? Yeah, you want to basically integrate butter into flakiness. It's got to be really crunchy on the outside and really like buttery on the inside. Oh, this is actually a very cute name, Le Copain d'abord. What does it mean? Le Copain Copain means friends. D'abord means first and foremost. So, oh. but they spelled copain, cop, so pan means bread. Right. And they spelled it copain with the bread thing. So oh. it's like a fun little play on words. Because yeah. that's not how it's copain is spelled? No, it's it's uh, it's spelled... Uh, with an E. Oh, no. I think it is spelled like that. Oh, but, but they, they put but the they little apostrophe. The yeah. Very cute. Right? I just want to show off that I speak French. Um, okay. we oui, oui. do. <laughs> but I did. I missed a flight. But look at like... Look at this. Okay, this is the wall of baguettes that's on their back wall. I mean, it, this place is oh fucking crazy. Well, I didn't want to scroll through, but can I scroll? Scroll. Is there? Is there uh, oh, look at you. This is me. <laughs> I'm going to post in, this picture. This is me in February in Montreal. <laughs> I'm going to post I trucked my ass down there wearing gloves, a hat, a fucking winter parka. Oh, my God. It was literally blizzarding, and I am there for the fucking croissant. You're freezing cold. I'm freezing you cold. You took the glove off, sacrificing it. <laughs> Sacrificing frostbite for this <laughs> wonderful croissant. I love it. I cannot wait to go there. Oh my god, it's worth. Ugh. Yeah, I, I think can't stop talking I, about this croissant. I was like, my it was my road days, and I was late for a flight, and my mom was taking me to the airport in New York, and I was like, I need to stop at Patisserie Claude, which is my my joint in New York, and stop. And there was a fucking line, and I get my croissant, and I miss my flight, <laughs> and now. Literally, this was probably 15 or 10 years ago. And every time my mom takes me to the airport ev forever, she's like, are you sure you don't want to get pastry? <laughs> <laughs> mom, funny. Shade. Shade. Shade from mom. Lots of shade Damn. from mom. Speaking of shade from mom, you said before your mom says you're not Korean. There was I didn't. I, I like to get racist when it comes yeah. to first generation uh, fridges. When I don't see anything of the culture in the fridge, was I wrong? I don't see. There is a hidden. Um, there's a hidden. Uh, thing of kimchi. Oh, there is. Okay, I take it. You back. know what? It's on this side. Oh, okay, got it. And it, but, but you are you, but you are right to make fun of me because I usually don't have kimchi in my fridge. Yeah. I I get my kimchi fix from pickles, Claus and pickles. Oh, interesting. Okay, because a lot of, that's a lot of um, same, same, but diff. a lot of what a lot of Koreans do if they're in a situation where there aren't there is no kimchi is they'll go, Ugh, do you have pickles? Right, because it's you know <laughs> they just need some fermented. They need something crunchy yeah. and fermented. Yeah, yeah. So I always need something crunchy and fermented. Like I go to my cousin's house for Thanksgiving, and she's really Americanized and she hates kimchi, which I'm like, are you really Korean? Yeah, and. I will bring pickles to Thanksgiving Hilarious. because she doesn't have anything that's crunchy and fermented. Hilarious. And I'm like the I'm the immigranty weirdo that's like, "Hi, I brought Clausen to Thanksgiving." <laughs> so can I, so it's sitting next to my cranberry sauce. Why don't you bring kimchi? Cuz she won't allow it. Oh, cuz it smells up the house. It smells up the house. And that's the one thing. That's why I usually don't have kimchi. Like yeah. if I have kimchi in my fridge, it's in a small container in another container in another container. Yeah, with in a hazmat In a bag. hazmat bag because <laughs> it will literally stink up your whole fridge and yeah. infect all your other food. Yeah. And that's why in a real Korean household, there is a kimchi fridge. Get out of here. No. A separate kimchi a fridge. A separate kimchi fridge because kimchi will seep into all your other food. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Kimchi fridge. Um, I love a good kimchi. Mm. Um, have you ever made it? Ugh, no, I don't cook. Yeah. Kimchi is so labor intensive. Yeah, you it have is. to do the squat. The, what the do you immigrant mean? Immigrant squat. What? 
the kimchi squat. Tell me what you, you don't mean. know the kimchi squat. No. It's when you. It's only immigrants this, can do it. Like is this on the same album as Gangnam Style. <laughs> the, kim- <laughs> the kimchi squat. The kimchi squat. Ooh, the kimchi squat. <laughs> it's I. It Americans can't do it, which is how I know it's an immigrant thing. Neither white people nor black people can do it. Um, you get on your haunches, yeah, and you squat all the way down so that your feet are flat to the floor but your ass is not touching the ground yeah so and you got to squat all the way down so you're sitting basically on your thighs right i guess your ass is on your thighs your ass is not touching the ground that's the key point but your feet are flat yeah and your legs are completely bent so it's hard to explain like not visually but that's how um the ajamas make kimchi because you make it on the ground. You so you make kimchi in a giant vat. Yeah, it's like right? a clay pot or something. Right? Well, or, well, when you're mixing it first, it's got to be a giant open vat. Okay, got like it. A, like a a shallow bowl, but a huge shallow bowl, and like a bathtub almost, like a like a doggy bathtub. Yeah, or a kid's bathtub, and you put all this napa cabbage in there, yeah. and then you put a shit ton of like the the gochujang and the spices, not gochujang, gochugaru, okay, powder. Uh, powdered chili is gochugaru. Garu is powder. Salt, like an entire Morton's yeah. thing of salt. Like they salt the shit out of it and then they rub it, w- it within the leaves. They massage so that it in. They massage it in so that it gets in between the leaves, like every single leaf. It's so labor intensive because wow. you can't just dump it on top and mix it around. You got to get it in the leaves of the Napa cabbage, yeah. like in between every leaf. And really massage it in, and then you put it in the clay pot, Got and then it. you bury it in the ground for three months. Yeah, and it ferments in there. But to originally make it, you got to do this kimchi squat. Yeah, the immigrant squat. The immigrant squat. And it mix takes it, in. it takes a certain amount of hamstring strength Correct. and uh, pain of your ancestors. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Yeah, and and shade on white people. And shade on white yeah, people. Yeah, <laughs> white people. I've never met a white person who couldn't do it. No. Well, I mean, they'll do it in yoga class for like hold it for five seconds, mm-hmm. and then like, can you come adjust me? <laughs> we'll get back to the episode in a moment, but first, contrary to popular belief, the croissant is not French. It was actually invented in Austria in the mid 1600s. It was to commemorate the Austrian victory over the Ottomans in the Battle of Vienna and was modeled after the crescent on the Ottoman flag. Weird flex, Austrians. Yeah, well, we have beaten you to a pulp, and now you will feel our wrath as we make a delicious pastry in your honor. I'm not good at that accent. Okay, back to Helen. I'm going to get to some uh, fun food questions. Um, which uh, I used to call rapid fire questions and I was like, well, what's the rush? (laughs) Um, What's the hurry? Yeah, what's the hurry? Take your time. Enjoy it like a croissant. What is your earliest food memory? Mm. I remember being really little and my mom would make my dad every morning before work two sunny side up eggs. And for some reason, because he doesn't do this anymore, he would eat the white bit and he would eat around the yolk. Uh-huh. So eat all the white bit and then he would put the entire yolk into his mouth in one fell swoop. And I just remember being like, wow. Like I thought it was a superpower. Wow. Because I was little, yeah. so my mouth wasn't big enough to fit a whole egg yolk. But he would put the whole egg yolk into his mouth at once and just eat like chipmunk it and i just remember being dazzled wow like amazed like looking up at my dad being like he's a superhero his mouth is so big he can put the whole yolk in there also (gasps) also, does he know about cholesterol (laughs) (laughs) two eggs and then he did have high cholesterol for a while oh that was that was that was the thing you could be a superhero but arthrosclerosis will still get you (laughs) Uh, so I remember that. And also, like, eggs were very novel. Like, we were immigrants, and so uh, there were all kinds of stuff that were so Were you novel. born in Korea or you were born here? I was born in Korea. Oh, wow. You're an OG. I'm an OG. Okay. I came when I was two. And so eggs, like, having eggs every morning was a luxury. Yeah. And spam, we're big on spam because Koreans are huge on spam. Interesting. And so it would be eggs and spam and toast, like Wonder Bread white toast. Yeah. 
soaked in butter and like there was it was cholesterol and then i also didn't know i thought tang was orange juice right until i was like in middle school yeah <laughs> did you is this an immigrant thing i don't know we didn't do tangs tang was big in korea in the 70s and 80s like as an alternative orange juice because orange juice was too expensive right but tang wasn't so i literally thought tang was orange juice and then oh when i God. drank real orange juice i was like what is this shit <laughs> do you drink you vo- do you drink vodka tangs now <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that sounds good. Sounds, doesn't sound that. bad. That sounds amazing. Oh my god, we stumbled upon something, but it's, it's like the penicillin of mixed drinks. <laughs> Vodka tang. <laughs> um, what is your death row meal? Last meal you can have on earth. It might involve that croissant from Le Copains à Bord. It used to be um, when I ate meat. It used to be. It's always a rushed meal for you from Copains à Bord. You're about to get electrocuted. <laughs> Please, I need to shovel down this croissant first. (laughs) But can you make it two? Can you put two in the bag? I want to see the butter seeping. Um, It used to be a a a hot pastrami sandwich from Katz's in New York. Yes, that's a good one. But then I quit eating animals with four legs. Okay. So What if you amputated the cow and then (laughs) killed it? Then I would eat the shit out of it. (laughs) No. um, So now I don't eat animals with four legs anymore so now it would have to be somebody saw a netflix documentary (laughs) or 10 yeah (laughs) or all of them (laughs) or went down like a large rabbit hole literally any netflix documentary it could be a netflix documentary about world war (laughs) one the second half is about why you shouldn't eat meat (laughs) i did i went down the entire rabbit hole of netflix vegan documentaries and i was like oh yeah it's done and then when Arnold Schwarzenegger showed up in yeah. Game Changers, I was like, okay. Okay. I mean, if Schwarzenegger's a fucking vegan, come on. <laughs> Wait, so, okay, it used to be Katz's, and now it's the Now it's, it would have to be, um, well, I, stu- I, d- I still do eat animals with two legs. Okay. So it would have to be so a just fried chicken meal. Or a human. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. I fried, if you fry it in chicken fat, <laughs> hell yeah. Give me that human. <laughs> um, a fried chicken Used to be Roscoe's chicken and waffle, but they've really gone downhill. Yeah, it's pretty gross. Their quality has, like, when I first tried it, I was like, damn, these yeah. black people know what's up. What about Korean fried chicken? You guys know what's up. No. Really? Mm-mm. Really? It's that sweet glaze. Oh, you're not into I'm it. Not down in, I'm oh. not down with the sweet glaze. Got so it. I don't like Korean fried chicken. I like southern fried. I'm the only non-black person in this joint. <laughs> and there is one in Culver City called Kettle. Okay. Ke- honey Kettle. Honey Kettle, I've been there actually. It's delicious. <sighs> it's amazing. And you know it's legit because there's always black people and always Korean people Yes. in there. And it's none of that bullshit, this is the calorie count next to the thing you're eating. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Extra ar- artery hardening. Yeah. Give me the lard and the whole thing. Oh, so good. Yeah, it's so good. So that might be my death row meal. That's a great one. So Honey's kettle fried chicken. And a croissant. It's and a ca- croissant. Another fun invention. It might be the new like chicken and waffles. Is <laughs> <laughs> chicken and croissant. I like that you bouge everything up. I do. Um, speaking of which. Gajusta. Gajusta. <laughs> I think there's a silent KQW at the end of it. Um, what is the best high-end meal that you've ever had? See, I, I'm just not... I'm not a high-end meal person. Yeah. I'm not a high-end meal. I used to think I was, but I'm not. There cuz I cuz even to think of one it's tough to It's tough to think of one. I just took my dad to my and his first omakase. Mm-hmm. In New York, it was my dad's 75th birthday, and so I took my parents and my sister and myself to omakase room. Okay. On Christopher Street. I don't think I know that place. It's I'd give it a B. Okay. Plus. So slightly better than a pickled herring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, it that's was a lot of people to pay for an M- omakase. Oh god, I dropped a shit ton of money. Um, but it was my dad's seventy fifth birthday, nice. so that's we were like, sweet. we were doing it up. Like we like we got like nice hotel rooms and. And you did that whole look, Papa. You came to America, and I did it, and I can afford these. <laughs> things yeah, for you. that's oh, kind of yeah. I do that all the time. And like top shelf sake, like the whole thing. Fantastic. So, um, the the reason why I picked it is because the atmosphere is so Japanese. Mm-hmm. It's seven seats. Yeah. 
that's it. Wow. In this entire restaurant. So you like it's like, out the it's whole like place. a hallway. The place is like a hall. It looks like a little hallway. Everything is clean, white wood, hard lines. There is no excess. And there's no decoration. They don't play music. Whoa. In this joint. So you're just sitting there silently hearing other people chew. <laughs> wow. And, and, and you're just hearing the knife sounds of the chef. Yeah. You know, and like the, the, like the soft sounds of like the Japanese servers being like, Mosake? Mosake? Hataul? Like that's literally all, there's no music. It's so like it's kind of like in unnerving. It like, sounds like uh, yeah, it's like sushi ASMR. Just yeah, like hitting you. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So um, this place was so expensive, but that's why my dad loved it because my dad's really into like Japanese culture like that. So yeah. I wanted to take him someplace hella Japanese, like not Americanized at all. I love like, it. Like this place does not serve appetizers. You can't order anything random off the menu. They don't have edamame. Yeah. Like fuck you and your edamame. You are getting the you're getting the 18 pieces of what I fucking serve you and shut the fuck up. Wow. Yeah. So that was nice. The food was good. Was it did it, was it worth three thousand dollars? <laughs> I don't know. Oh no. Yeah, it's a tough. It's a tough one. I like I love expensive foods, but then I'm always like like for New Year's I got a big tin of caviar mm, and we had it and I, I was like this caviar. is amazing yeah. it's really nice but 200 bucks for yeah. this fucking I don't know what's your what's your favorite high end this restaurant in New York Blue Hill mm. it's like on a farm and you're eating everything from the farm but mm. the whole experience is just like nothing I've ever mm. ever had Hassan Minaj actually hits me up this week he's like I need a place to go for my anniversary with my wife and I'm like you gotta go to Blue Hill he's like great can you get me a reservation this Saturday Literally calls me like yesterday. <laughs> I'm like, dude, people reserve this place like six months in advance. Like, no. So yeah, they're getting. I do want to try. Um, <laughs> I do want to try. There's an omakase in New York that's like the most expensive meal that you can get in the United States. Oh, masa. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of want to try that. I just feel like you're just setting yourself up for failure. Like the most expensive meal in the United States. All right, By the I'll way, if you if you want to ball out like that, uh, if I had a choice, there's a place in LA actually that I would I would rather ball out on a crazy omakase. It's on La Cienega. I forget the name of it, but it just is it got, Nobu? It's not Nobu. No, no, no. It's like one of these like crazy like they plucked it out of Tokyo and put oh. it down here. And it's like it just got two Michelin stars. <gasps> it's one of three restaurants in LA that has two Michelin stars. Ooh. And you know you read the Yelp and everyone's like, "This is the best meal I've ever had." But I could have literally flown to Tokyo with the <laughs> money I spent, gotten sushi, and come back. <laughs> Um, so if I had, if money wasn't an issue, mm. I would probably choose that over Masa because I think Masa, you know, you're in the Time Warner Center. It's got a little right. bit of New York. Also, I think LA does better sushi than, than New York does in general. Mm. Um, so I don't know. Just a, just a thought. I'll give you the name of it. Yeah, please do. I'll, to... I'll book it for my dad's 80th. Yeah. Another place to waste <laughs> all your money. Well, what is your, what is the best low end meal that you've ever had? Man, I'm so like trash. Because uh, I grew up just eating trash as an immigrant. Like, I literally thought spam was legit meat until yeah. I was, like, in college. I've never had spam, actually. What? I know. I It's a blind spot in, what? My, in my food acumen. Okay, so Korea eats more spam than probably any nation in the world. No way. Yes. And there's a, there's a really interesting, you should read this really interesting New York Times article about the history of Spam in Korea. It's actually really sad and painful. It was what the GIs ate uh -huh. during the Korean War and what they would throw out into their trash cans and what the Koreans would dumpster dive okay. to get the Spam scraps because everybody was starving to death. And they would literally eat the leftover Spam scraps out of the GI dumpster wow. and boil it in a kimchi stew and they called it pudechige. It's it's called um, soldier stew or something. I forget what the word pude means. Yes, you know you're bringing back memories of going to some Korean restaurants and they have it on the menu even. And so there's a very long history of spam. Like where for the longest time spam meant you were gonna live. Right. You were gonna survive. You were not gonna starve to death that that day. And then even for years after that, when Korea was a very poor country, spam was bougie hmm. spam was like 
you had money if you had spam. And so even to this day, now Korea is a huge GDP and they're very advanced and you can get Wagyu beef in Korea. But even to this day, because of this cultural history, you can go to a fancy department store and they sell gift sets of spam shut up wrapped in a fancy box like a gift box with three cans of spam and then like a a fancy soy sauce and you can have it gift wrapped and give it as a fancy gift get out of here because it has this cultural connotation of of wealth that is so wild. It's fascinating. And the, you, the New York Times article is really interesting. Well, that's why I brought you on here, so I don't have to read. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so even to me, I grew up eating Spam and thinking Spam was meat. You know, and we had it in our house, you know, really until I was in college. And so Spam has such a, it's it's got such a warm spot in my heart. And even though now I don't eat animals with four legs, I'll eat turkey Spam. Yeah. And I'll crave it. That is so cool. Yeah. That's the that's one of the best uh, low-end meal answers I think we've gotten on the show. That's a good one. Um, now, let's get gross again. Favorite drunk food? Cheetos. Really? Uh, not flaming Hot, because I don't do hot. Yeah. Crunchy, regular original OG Cheetos. Mm. I'm just picturing um, you with your little orange fingers and a orange white fingers. claw on the other hand. <laughs> I'm a basic bitch. <laughs> I'm trash. Yeah, white claw. Uh, Cheetos. Yeah, I love Cheetos. I love potato chips, like ruffles. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, you know what they always So you're have? like a, you're, you're a salty person. No, but I also love sweets too. But when you get drunk. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think I'm a drunk salty person too. Um, yeah, when I'm drunk, I really want something crunchy, chippy. Yeah. Cheetos, Ruffles, potato chips. If you gave me Ruffles, potato chips, and French onion dip, like that, you know, that like powder that you make powder and (laughs) sour cream. You are so trashy. I love (laughs) it. I love it. The the best part is that you're wearing a Burberry scarf right now and talking about (laughs) garbage foods that you love to eat. (laughs) Also, when I did eat meat, you know those trash dogs that they have outside the club? Yes. Oh, yeah. That they're like. What do they they're, call they're, them? They're like cooking them. Like Abuelita's like cooking it on like a sheet pan. On a sheet pan like in a in a shopping cart. Dog. Yeah. Like in one of those upright laundry carts. Yeah. She's got a freaking burner <laughs> set up inside of the upright laundry yes. cart, and she's cooking like these dogs wrapped in bacon yeah. with like onions and peppers and like jalapenos on the side. Yo, that smell when you come out the club and you're drunk. Yeah. Uh, it's intoxicating. Uh, <laughs> even now, like, I don't eat meat, but I, I come out the club and I'm like, yo, <laughs> that smells amazing. <laughs> That's a good Not one. Not that too. I come out the club anymore. Yeah, I know. Look anyway. at When I come out the club, <laughs> I uh, mean the comedy club. Yeah, after exactly. Two <laughs> after I've done two shows and I'm sober. Um, do you have a favorite hangover food? Yes, uh, it's Korean. So I crave Korean food most when I'm not feeling well. Yeah. Either if I'm sick or if I'm hungover. Noodles, soup. No, juk. Juk is, is porridge, Korean porridge. Oh, yeah. It's similar to kanji, but it's a much thicker consistency. Yes. And there's a great Korean place called Bonjuk. Okay. Bonjuk, B-O-N-J-U-K. It's on Wilshire Boulevard in Koreatown. It's a chain. But they have like 10 different flavors of juke. Yeah. And it's all porridge. That's all you can get on the menu is porridge. And it, they have, the, Koreans go so hard. Like you order something that's supposed to be hot and it's freaking boiling. Yeah. Like it's Bubbles. just come out of the, it's still boiling on your plate and you better give it a minute or you're going to scald yourself. Right, right, right. Um, so it's been, bo- this, this porridge has been boiling in a vat in the back for 20 hours and it's 3,000 degrees, and it's hot, hot rice that's been just gelatinized down to its essence with, like, either shellfish or chicken or beef flavoring. And yeah. it's so freaking good for hangover. Ooh. Mm, soothing your stomach. Love. Soothes your soul. Ooh. And they give you kimchi, like, two kinds of different kimchi on the side. Yeah. Mm. I love it. By the way, you know what I think you you might not have the spice thing, but you have the Korean crunch thing. I do because like every time you get like a 
the banchan with like uh, you know Korean barbecue. It's like twenty little dishes yep. of something crunchy. Crunchy. You know what I love, which is not crunchy but weird in Korean, is that squid candy stuff. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Bless you. It's like slices of squid. Bless you. Are you allergic to it? That they <laughs> slices of dried squid. Slices of dried squid that they've then mixed in a sweet gochujang mixture. Yes, delicious. Oof, I can't get it. Delicious. You can't find that everywhere. No, that's very advanced of you I that you even jo- know that. I got a joint. I got a place. There's this old lady who <gasps> makes kimchi. What? And all these fun things. Where? In like a house. What? In Koreatown. You know of a house in Koreatown? You I gotta know tell me. She's unbelievable, and her stuff is. Wait, so you just, she just sells panchan? She just sells, well, she sells like, the kimchi's at everything, like radishes and, (gasps) you know, the cabbages and cucumbers. And then she has like uh, the gochujang, which she makes herself. She's got the squid candy. (gasps) She's got all this fucking amazing stuff. Yeah, that's very advanced. So the squid, the dried squid of which that's based is a very popular drinking uh, food. Yes. Because Koreans can't drink without eating. Yeah. I don't know if you know that. I mean, I love Korean bars. My favorite one is also my favorite name. It's called Tobang. <laughs> do you know Tobang? I do know Tobang. Tobang. It's, it's Tobang. <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's Tobang. It's Tobang. <laughs> it's Tobang, yeah. Um, so Koreans weirdly cannot get drunk without... Yeah. So whenever you go to a Korean bar, you know, in, a, in the same way that there's like bar peanuts. Yeah. But it's like bar peanuts times 10. So like the dried squid before it gets gochujanged is just the dried squid. And that is a very popular thing to eat while you're drinking. Oh, interesting. So uh, it comes a lot at places like cheap places where you're drinking cheap soju. Yeah. And they'll give you the dried squid and maybe some bar peanuts. And you're just like chewing on that shit. (laughs) So good. I love it. My favorite thing about Korean restaurants is the button. The button. (laughs) They, there's Service, all, please. There's a button on every table <laughs> that the the waiter or waitress never comes to bother you. You press a button, then they come, and it's the it's the best solution to what is one of my biggest restaurant pet peeves, which we'll get to pet peeves in a minute. But which is when a waiter or waitress just like barges in on your table and asks you, "Is everything okay? Do you need anything? Do you need anything?" I'm like, "Yo, have the button." The button's the best thing ever. The button was instituted because before the button, there was just a lot of yelling. Yeah. Oh, really? And still in, a, in Korean places where there's no button, there's a lot of yelling because the servers never come around. And so if you want something, you have to scream it across the restaurant <laughs> and you scream what you want. So you're like, more kimchi or more water. It's just or, people yelling spam over <laughs> each other. Or like, or like whatever it is, they just, or Jack, please. Like there's just so much yelling. I love it. In Korean restaurants. So legit Korean restaurants is just constant yelling. Yeah. And so they instituted the button to to solve the yelling problem. Oh my God. But if you go to a real old school Korean place, they don't have the button. I love it's it. It's just constant yelling. I, I love the and button they, And you so will never much. get what you want unless you're yelling. <laughs> I need the button in my life. I love it. Um, do you have a favorite celebrity chef? Whoever's freaking baking at the Lake Panda board. Lake <laughs> Panda board is getting so many shout outs. We got a celebrity chef. Or like a food host or anything like that. I will, I'll tell you someone who I'm like, I have mixed feelings about is Jonathan Gold. Oh, he's dead. Okay. <laughs> Well, I still have problems with it. He blew up LA Times food writer. He blew up my favorite Korean hole in the wall. Oh yeah, which is now populated by hipsters. Oh yeah, yeah. Which I have nothing against hipsters. Like I'm glad that they're branching out and trying new ethnic shit. But like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like this is my Korean place. That's like. I go to this Korean place where the servers don't speak English. Yeah. So they put laminated pictures of all their dishes on the wall and you can just point and go number eight because yeah. that's how little English they speak. And that's what I loved about it. And then Jonathan Gold wrote an article about it. <laughs> and now these poor servers are like, uh, 
Coca-Cola? <laughs> like they like to order oh, a Coca-Cola no. is like a struggle because that's how little English they speak. Wow. Well, I'm not going to ask you to give the name of it on the air, but you're going to give it to me so that I can go there <laughs> yeah. with my beanie and yeah. take food pics. Well, you, you deserve to go there because you have a Korean ajima who makes you... Like oh, yeah. squid side dishes, like mm. that nobody knows about. Squid candy. So you deserve to go there, Thank but you. like people who are like, um, what's this rice cake situation <laughs> about? Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Google some shit before you walk in. Do you guys mind if I put my nutritional yeast <laughs> in this instead of your soy sauce? Is this noodle gluten free? <laughs> Can I get a gluten free version of this noodle? You know what? Go suck a dick. <laughs> suck a gluten-free dick. <laughs> um, uh, my girlfriend's gluten-free. I love you, baby. Um, <laughs> I love her, too. <laughs> I love her. Who? Uh, what is your desert island food? Is there one food that you're trapped on a desert island? You have to eat it for the rest of your life. Uh, you'll just never get tired of it. I think it's going to go back to the croissant, probably. No, I actually think I would get sick of the croissant. Yeah. The the croissant is such a... It's extra. It's very it's extra. It's so extra. And if I had it every day, I don't know. The juke, the, the porridge. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. The porridge. Because it's just... Like, I think you always revert back to the your childhood food, right? Yeah, like, that's the usually. things that you crave when you're, like, not feeling well. Or mm-hmm. you're, like, you're feeling homesick. Or you're feeling under the weather. And for me, it's like, it's that kind of like soupy rice, um, very soft rice. That probably because that's what they fed me as a baby. Yeah. You know, because that's how like they, there's, you know, before they had baby food. Yeah. They would just feed you overcooked rice. Yeah, right, <laughs> like, right, right. Like very boiled rice to make it sort of mushy. And that's probably what I was fed as a baby. And so that's what I really crave. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, is there a food that you can't stand eating? Uh, is there your version of pickled herring? I hate fennel. What? I hate anything licorice flavor. Okay. Licorice? You don't get down with anise? Ugh. <laughs> and pine nuts. Although I love pesto. Huh. Isn't that weird? What is it about? I'm surprised you don't like pine nuts because they, they are, to me, are like a, have a very high fat content. They're very buttery to me. And it seems like you're a girl who likes your butter. I love my butter. I cannot stand a pine nut flavor. I don't know why. It's a little pine coney. I don't know why. I can't stand pine nuts. I can't stand licorice flavor of any kind. Fennel, actual licorice, anise, any of the licorice family. Like Jaeger. You can't do any licorice (laughs) drinks. (laughs) (laughs) Nah. It tastes like Dimatap to me. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Dimatap. <laughs> Add that to the list. Dimatap. <laughs> no, yeah. Um, I love that you use Dimatap rather than Robitussin. Dimatap. Like, you go for the deep cut. <laughs> deep cut. OG. Dimatap. For some reason, Dimatap, that purple grape flavored Dimatap. Yeah. I must have been, I must have had some traumatic experience with that because I'm like, Bleh. yeah, yuck. Interesting. No licorice. I get it. Pine nuts uh, is a little weirder. Yeah. Pe- and I love pesto, but I, again, I can't taste the pine nut flavor right. in pesto. You don't really taste the pine nuts. You must have had a weird experience with Dimatap and pine nuts. <laughs> like your parents were like, come on, chase it down with, <laughs> with this handful of pine nuts. <laughs> There's something else that I can't stand that I can't remember now. I used to think like, oh, I'll eat anything. But then I started writing down the things that I hate. And I'm like, no, I hate a lot of things. <laughs> like even the licorice family, that's a big family. Like if you're not into fennel, fennel yeah. isn't a lot. Fennel is very bougie. Oh, Brussels sprouts. Mm. Because I realized the reason why everybody loves Brussels sprouts is because they're usually cooked in bacon. Yeah. But then, uh, but I don't eat animals with four legs. So once you take the bacon component out, they just suck. Can I tell you how to non-suck them? Ooh, <laughs> Is yeah. that a word? Unsuck. How, here's how you unsuck them. Um, fish sauce. Really? Yeah. It'll fuck up your Brussels sprouts like the, in the best way. You, you basically cook them, get them, you know, oil and, and salt, pepper, get them nice and crispy. Then like towards the end, sprinkle fish sauce all over that shit. Oh, just a bit, so not even during the cooking process? No, it doesn't have to be. And it will... 
I'll give it 10 minutes with the fish sauce in there. It will change your really? life. Oof. So good. Any roasted vegetable, any roasted vegetable, throw a little fish sauce at the end. People will be like, especially like the white people, what is, that is a magical. <laughs> and you know why you'll like it? Fish sauce, anchovies. Boom. It all goes back mm, to anchovies. All goes back to anchovies. Yeah. God, what is it about anchovies? They're the best. They're the best. You know, they, they found out that in ancient Rome, ancient fucking Rome, they had this like fucking, they, they, they talk about it in like their... In like their their scrolls about this uh this paste called like guar or some shit I forget the name that was basically a f- anchovy fish paste what? that they would put in all their foods. This reminds me of something that I learned recently on Wait Wait Don't Tell Me. The oldest continuously used word, the word that has never changed in any language for thousands of years, is the word locks. Uh huh. So locks, so if you went to ancient Rome and and said the word locks, they would bring you salmon. No way. Isn't that fascinating? That's wild. The oldest word that has never changed its meaning. Huh. Locks. Locks. I wonder if that's a Jewish thing, like there have been Jews around for a long time and they just brought well, they the locks have been. with them. <laughs> Jews are old school. Jews are OG. <laughs> Uh, uh, last question my favorite question oh what is your restaurant pet peeve there are so many people are trash i know people are trash if like people will take their shoes off in restaurants now oh my god like maybe wait like like as if they just got into like a plane like a seat on the plane and yes like, i've never seen that that's disgusting people are Trash. So your restaurant pet peeves are more with the clientele that come in than with the actual restaurant. Oh, okay. You're asking about like a management from a management standpoint. You know, maybe it could be the music is too loud. It could be they don't refill your oh, water. Oh, I'll tell you exactly what. Bright lighting. Ooh, yes. Hate it. Yeah. If the, if I can see other people's pores, get the fuck out of here. Why am I eating here? Why are other people's glistening foreheads taste like supposed to make me put in, in the mood to eat? Like, get the fuck out. It's too goddamn bright in here. I'm can with we make you. it low lighting? Like the lighting in here is very nice right now. You know what's annoying about that? You know what I think that is? What? That is restaurants being like Instagram our food will give you good lighting. I think that's a little bit of what it is. I hate Which it. Which makes me hate it even so more. So much. Especially like, it's one thing if it's like a McDonald's. Right. Great. Yeah. Just put on the freaking bar. The halogens. The halogens, right? The bar halogens oh, like, yeah, yeah. at full full blast. The but like if I'm paying $50 a plate and, it's, and I can see people's fucking nose hairs across the restaurant... <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Put that shit on a dimmer. Oh, I hate it so. I will not I will make a reservation and if I get there and it's too bright, I want I will go somewhere else. Wow. I love I, will go somewhere else. I love that level it of It annoys me to no end. Yeah. <laughs> I hate it. If it's a if it's a nice place, a nice sit-down place with tablecloths and I and I, I can see the scuff marks on the wall. Get the fuck out of here. Go fuck yourself oh with my your God. bright lighting. As Buy always, a dimmer. As always, I love to leave the guests just fuming with anger before they li- leave. I'm furious. Helen, this was so delightful. Yes. I had no idea that you're so into food, and I love it. I mean, it's it's the stuff of life. It's the who's, stuff of who life. Who is not into food? <sighs> Tell me their names. I'll kill them. Paul Rust. We're coming at you, Paul. <laughs> I kept. I was like, Paul. What? I was like, you are the biggest waste of fame. What? He's like, I don't. Hassan Minaj. He's like, I don't need to go to good restaurants. I don't. I'm like, you should not be famous. Literally, the Hassan only reason. Minaj. The only reason we're all trying to get famous is to make money and be able to go to the restaurant. That's exactly right. And they say, oh my god, he's here. Let's give him the best seat. Let's give him all the food. That is exactly right. What the fuck else that are is we exactly in? Right. What else are we doing this for? I am. That's the only reason why I want to get famous is to have a, a yard with a doggy door so that I don't have to wake up in the morning to fucking <laughs> pee the dog, and and to eat at all these fancy places and shovel as much amazing food down my gullet as possible. Ugh. 
a woman after my own heart. <sighs> Helen, is there anything you'd like to promote? Give us your your socials, all that stuff. I'm at funny Helen Hong because some other bitch named Helen Hong has my handles. Coming at you. And now. I have to kill her. <laughs> I have to kill her first. But until I kill her, I'm at funny Helen Hong. And then my performance calendar is at HelenHong.com. Oh, so she didn't get the website. She, she didn't just... get the website, <laughs> bitch. Uh, awesome. Helen, thank you so thank much. Thank you. I'm starving. This episode of Green Eggs and Dan was produced by Andrew Steven. Executive produced by Jeff Umbro and The Podglomerate. You can find more of their podcasts at thepodglomerate.com. The theme music is Beautiful Food by Idan, and interstitial music is by Breakmaster Cylinder. Special thanks to Erios. To see pictures of Helen Hong's fridge, information about the restaurants mentioned in the episode, and more, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at StandUpDan. If you like this show, please tell a friend, share an episode, and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. The Podglomerate, a sonic universe. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.